Last week we talked about life from 1 John chapter 1, talking about Jesus Christ, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. We have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Jesus is the life. He said he was the way, the truth, the life. He, was gotten, he got to know the disciples. They got to know him. And then they communicated or shared him with others. And that's exactly what we need to do, is share what we learn. We're looking at verses 5 through 10. It starts off in verse number 5 by saying, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. That's what discipleship is all about. We hear from God, we, we hear his word, and then we pass it on. In 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, uh, Timothy was, was being talked to by Paul, and Paul said, the things you've learned from me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we are taught, then we teach others. And what we're teaching, what we're talking about tonight is the light. Verse number 5 again says, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And we need to walk in the light. It, it reminds me of, of an experience I had when I was a teenager. Light versus darkness. It was a very dark night. I've told this story before, but I figure I might as well tell it again. I decided I was going to walk around the block. And as I started walking around the block, I realized that there were, there were no lights. I was down at the lake, and it was extremely dark. And as I was walking, all of a sudden, I heard a noise to my right. And I looked, and not very far from me, probably about five, six feet or so, there were two eyes that were looking down at me. Has anybody ever had that kind of experience before? I, uh, I didn't know I could run so fast. I hate to say it, but I just took off because couldn't see anything else except for those two eyes because it was so dark. Now I came back the next day, and it was a dumpster. And I figure it was a cat in the dumpster looking down at me. I could not see the dumpster. All I could see were those two eyes because it was dark. Isn't it true that we need light? I mean, have you ever... Have you ever been outside on a very dark night or inside for that matter with no night lights or anything of that nature and, and it's just so dark that you can't do anything. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. When it comes to spiritual things, we definitely need light. Verse number five again, it says that God is light in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you will speak to our hearts and help us to learn a little bit more about what it means to walk in the light. And I pray, Lord, we'll not just be hearers of the word, 
but we will be doers as well. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this portion of Scripture, I came up with a simple outline earlier in the week. Number one, God is light. And when we think about the fact that God is light, it means that he, he doesn't do any evil. We're talking about light and darkness, good and evil, God is light. Number two, God wants us to walk in the light. That is obvious from verses 6 and 7. We need to be walking in the light. We need to be walking in goodness. We need to be being what God wants us to be and doing what he wants us to do. God is light. God wants us to walk in the light. Then number three, God wants us to confess our sins when we don't walk in the light. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I guess we could just go ahead and leave now, but please don't. I've got some more to say. But isn't it true? Look at it. God is light. God wants us to walk in the light. When we don't walk in the light, God wants us to confess our sins. Let's get into a little bit. Well, right after summarizing 1 John 1, 5 through 11, God is light. God wants us to walk in the light. God wants us to confess our sins when we don't walk in the light. I said something about might as well go home now, and then I said, please don't. Well, apparently the technology felt like it was time to go home and the stream was messed up. <clears throat> and so I'm going to go ahead and, and insert a section here uh, that that basically takes the place of what was messed up on the stream. Um, we're going to get into a little bit more detail. Four observations from 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. First of all, God's character in verse number 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Uh, light has to do with goodness. Uh, darkness has to do with evil or sinfulness, but God's character is one of light. It's one of goodness. We see that in God's word along and along, that, that God is good, that God is perfect. In fact, in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 48, it says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. God is good, and therefore he good, does good things. He gives good gifts. He he created a good creation. Uh, so we're talking about the character of God and the character of Jesus Christ, who indeed was the word of God and was God, according to John chapter 1, 1 and 2. Uh, it says in Hebrews 4, 15, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus never did anything wrong. So first of all, we see God's character in verse number five. But secondly, we see our condition in verses six and eight and 10. And it's one of darkness, one of evil, one of sinfulness. We have a, a tendency to do that which is wrong. We have a sin nature and we tend uh, to, to be and to do not what God wants us to be and to do. We see this in verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. That's called hypocrisy, and we should not engage in hypocrisy. In fact, a lot of people outside the church look at the church, see hypocrites, and don't want anything to do with the church. 
the reality is that all of us tend to be hypocritical to some extent. We have a tendency to, to say one thing and do another, but instead we should be consistent. We should be consistent in walking in the light. If we don't, we're lying and not doing the truth. But not only do we see the problem of hypocrisy in our wrong thinking, but also the problem of denial. Verses 8 and 10, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we claim to have uh, no sin nature, basically uh, we're, we're not being truthful because if we're truthful, we'll recognize that, that we have a sin nature. It goes on to say in verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That ha this has to, to do with our actions of sin. And most of us recognize our condition is, is one of, of being evil, one of, of being uh, against the will of God, not, not measuring up to the standard that God has for us. But every once in a while, uh, people don't think that they sin. I remember meeting an individual and that individual, when I was talking to him about the gospel, said, well, I've never sinned. I am positive that he was on drugs at the time, but he did not recognize his sin. Had a friend who claims that he was on the plane with someone and he was sharing the gospel and talked about the fact that all have sinned. And, and this gentleman said, I've never sinned. My friend says he kicked him in the shin. The guy started using profanity and he said, now you've sinned. We can go on to point number two. We tend to have wrong thinking to engage in hypocrisy or denial. Uh, we need to have biblical thinking. And if we think biblically, we recognize that we have sinned. Jesus' perspective is seen in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 11. He said to the disciples, to the Jews, he said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him. So he said to them, if you then being evil, he recognized the tendency of man to be evil. Paul's perspective is seen in Romans chapter three and verse number eight. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. He goes on to say in verse number 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's a lot of superlatives. Paul is communicating that there is no one righteous apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. The good news is that he goes on to say in verse number 23 of chapter 6, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of our sin, we deserve to die and be separated from God. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can have everlasting life as we trust in him. And that's what the next point is all about. And we see God's character. Uh, we see, see man's need. We see man's problem. And then we go on to, to look at God's provision. God's provision is found in verse number seven and verse number nine. Verse number seven, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. We can walk in the light, number one. It's possible for us to do so because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, we can enjoy fellowship with one another, according to verse number seven. 
Uh, isn't it true that that if we are walking in the light, if we are abiding in Christ, if we're filled with the Spirit and have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control, we're going to be relatively easy to get along with. We can enjoy fellowship one with another. And then we can experience cleansing from sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, his, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The reality, according to Hebrews 9.22, is that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no forgiveness of sins. The Old Testament sacrificial system looked forward to the time when Jesus would die on the cross. And in fact, John the Baptist said of Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. First of all, we're talking about salvation. We're talking about the gospel, about realizing our sin and realizing that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and then saying yes to Jesus and trusting him as Savior and Lord. But number two, we're talking about sanctification. We're talking about day by day forgiveness and cleansing as we confess our sins. When we get saved, we're a new creation, but we still sin. And when we sin, we can confess our sin to God and God will forgive us. So that's what God has given to us. He has provided for us so that we can walk in the light. We can enjoy fellowship with one another and we can experience cleansing from sin. He does this because he is faithful. Uh, for, according to uh, verse number nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. He's consistent. We can count on him. It's not like he goes on a vacation and says to us, okay, I'm gone this week. You confess your sin. I'm not going to be able to forgive you this week. He is consistent, faithful, and forgiving us when we do confess and repent. It says he is also just. He can forgive sins because he paid the price for sins by dying on the cross. And this is where we're going to pick back up on the regular sermon. The stream messed up for a while, uh, but it came back as we looked at Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 and 6. Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 6, Isaiah said this. And this is a great prophecy talking about the suffering Messiah, about Jesus. It says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is why he is just to forgive us our sins, because Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Paul said this in Ephesians 1, 7. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Isn't that a great verse? Because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be redeemed through his blood. We can have forgiveness of sins by God's grace. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 talks about the fact that we that, that he is just to forgive us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. The desire is that we do not sin. But it goes on to say, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. That reminds me of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's just to forgive us our sins because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we can have our sins forgiven. We can be cleansed from all unrighteousness because of what God has done. His provision is Jesus Christ who died for us so that we could be saved, so that we could be forgiven. Not only do we see his provision, uh, we also see our priority in verses 7 and 9. We, we really need to respond. First uh, John 1, 7, if it, it indicates, um, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. Well, that is the, that's what the gospel is all about. It, it's all about Jesus dying for us so that we can be saved, so that we can be forgiven. We need to ask ourselves the question, what is our response? Are we going to say yes to Jesus Christ? And then are we going to confess our sins day by day? I guess in a sense there are three actions we need to take place, three priorities we need to have. Number one is to recognize our own sin. Sometimes we don't like to admit our wrongdoing. Why? What's the five-letter word? Yeah, five-letter word starts with a P that causes us not to want to admit our sin. It's pride. We don't like to admit that, th that we are wrong, but it's important that we recognize our own sin, number one. Number two, it's important for us to repent. It's not enough just to acknowledge our sin. We need to turn from our sin. We need to have an attitude of repentance. Uh, we should not be like a, a person in the jail who says, well, yep, I murdered that person. Well, that's confession, isn't it? I murdered that person, and I'm glad I did. I'd do it again. Well, that's not genuine confession, I don't believe. Genuine confession and repentance says, yes, I did it. I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. In other words, we, we seek to not only acknowledge our sin but turn from our sin. So we recognize our sin, number one. We repent of our sin, number two. And then number three, we, reply, we rely on God to forgive us on the basis of Jesus Christ. We rely on him for salvation and for sanctification. Salvation, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then in regard to sanctification, Ephesians 2, 10. says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, we depend on God to save us because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we depend on God day by day to forgive us when we confess our sins again because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We need to respond. It's not enough just to know the truth. We need to respond in a positive way to the truth. And, and I guess that's the question we need to ask ourselves. As we think about God's character, the fact that he is light, that he is good, never done anything wrong. As we think about our condition and the fact that we tend to have wrong thinking and wrong actions, uh, we engage in hypocrisy and denial. We need to recognize our sinfulness. Uh, God's provision because of God and what he's done. We can indeed be new creatures in Christ. We can walk in the light. 
We can enjoy fellowship with him and with one another. But we've got to respond. We need to come to the place where we recognize our sin. We repent of our sins and we rely on Jesus Christ to forgive us because of what he did on the cross. To save us in the first place. But after that, day by day, to forgive us. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can continue to walk in the light. We can in continue to enjoy that intimate relationship with God and with his son, Jesus Christ. Those are some good verses in 1 John chapter 1, are they not? The question is, are we applying these good verses to our hearts and to our lives? Do we recognize our sin? And are we relying on Jesus to forgive us and cleanse us because of what he did on the cross? Are we depending on him day by day to help us to confess and repent so that we can continue to walk in the light as he is in the light? Let's pray together. Lord, we are thankful for your word. And we pray that you will make a difference in our lives through your word. If there are some of us, we've never come to the place where we recognize our need to turn from our sin and trust Jesus as Savior and Lord, I pray that we'll do it today. By just basically praying to you and saying, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Don't deserve to go to heaven, but I know Jesus died for me. And right now I turn from my sin. Trust Jesus as my Savior so that I can have everlasting life and help me to live for you. Lord, I pray that if there is someone that, that, that needs to pray that prayer, they'll do that and that they'll follow up. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us that know Jesus Christ will on a regular basis recognize our sin and confess and repent so that you can forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can continually walk in the light as you are in the light. We are grateful for your goodness to us, for your provision. Lord, I pray that we will, by faith, take advantage of what you have done for us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to make a decision to trust Christ as Savior, please do so right now. And, and if you need to deal with sin in your lives, best thing to do from my perspective is just get a piece of paper, write out the sins that come to mind, and then get a red pen. And one by one, as you confess them, cross it off with red, symbolizing the blood of Jesus Christ. And once you've done that, uh, then the, the, there's forgiveness, there's cleansing. There might be other things you need to do in order to make things right. But as far as our relationship with God, we can be right when we confess and repent. So I encourage you, if you need to do that, to come to the altar and pray, come up and talk to me or whatever you need to do uh, so that you can indeed walk in the light because of your relationship with Jesus Christ who died for you.